0: to the Loyal Locals Podcast, I am Drew Steck, I'm here today with a couple of my good friends uh, and locals members who are helping me host the show today, Jerry and Steve are out, uh, Jerry obviously last week was his uh, tearful goodbye as communications director, he'll be back on at some point and then Steve couldn't go on living without Jerry so he just said I'm not, no he's actually flying to San Francisco. Uh, to Oakland to see the match tomorrow, so, or not tomorrow, or it, he's flying tomorrow, but the match is Saturday. And so, he is also not on, but I've got two awesome uh, co-hosts here who I think are uh, going to give us some fun and, and different perspectives. I've got my buddy Nick, who's sitting to my left, your right. Uh, yeah, It's so it's kind of like New Zealand, it's like the other side of the world. We're upside down. Yeah, but we're upside down to you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks welcome, for having me, man. Welcome to my home. Yeah, I don't have internet in my house, it turns out. So yeah. Nick had to host me like a traveling uh, podcast hobo uh, to show up here with my sacks. I had two different backpacks full of podcasting gear, and I unloaded them off of the railroad car. Um, and almost didn't make it because of the thunderstorm. Crazy thunder tonight. Right, Tony?
1: It is absolutely wild what's happening out there. Like, I was yeah. like, who's taking pictures outside? And I'm like, who would take pictures at this time? Like, who's doing that? But, you know, it never <laughs> I'm thought. I'm gonna
0: get it, I'm gonna get the light. Tony Sanchez from uh, uh, Two Balls and a Mic, uh, but also just one of the, the happier, smileier locals that you'll ever see around. Um, but Tony, thank you for, for coming with us tonight, even though uh, the drive, uh, you shouldn't have driven, honestly. It's it's dangerous out it. there, people. There was an accident when I got on the freeway, so um, it's good to be here at Nick's, so that we have functioning internet to run the podcast. Yeah. And your hosp- your New Zealand hospitality. We ate um, a rack of lamb before we did this. <laughs> oh. uh, it's apparently what they do there, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah that's what we ate. Um, but yeah, Nick, minute here we are podcasting. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, what are you guys drinking tonight, Nick? What are, what are you drinking? Well, I'm here drinking at
2: the, the Ale Stone Brewing Jewel Exposure. You
0: know, mm-hmm. a bit of a combo between a Two good uh, breweries here in San Diego. So. Kind of sounds like what's going on this weekend with the watch party. Some dueled exposure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully no exposure of people uh, to anything, But besides good times and fun. Uh, but uh, two great groups coming together with the locals and Stone Brewing. Tony, what are you drinking?
1: I mean, just in honor of that, right? So, I mean, I had to go basic and back to basics, right? So, I got myself Ooh, some uh, still upside nice. down cans. Um that campaign was a year ago. I guess they, you know, over overshot how many they were going to sell. Uh, but I'm actually pouring it into the kit reveal uh, glassware.
0: I can't wait till like five years from nice. now we have like upside down cans still making their way. Like I still found another pack at the back of like a grocery store <laughs> yeah. freezer, and they become a collector's order. <laughs> or something. Yeah, they were actually point. little known fact. They were actually marketing to Australian
2: Australians, and New Zealanders when they did that. You know, upside down. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like, like, oh yeah. yeah.
0: They should have said that the beer goes a different way into the yeah, glass. It spins yeah, the opposite yeah, way yeah, as yeah. you pour it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm drinking a oh yeah, I was gonna say I'm drinking a stone uh, Imperial Star Fokker, like that jersey behind you there, Tony. You got that purple jersey. I think they, they literally put the like the pink in there too. So I think they actually yeah. were inspired by the kit design with yeah. Star Fokker.
1: I'm, o- I'm okay with uh, kits representing, you know, cool, trippy colors in, in, in local beer cans and, and vice versa. Like, why not?
0: Yeah, need, it's got, got a hop money. spaceship on the side there. It's a, it's a hop that turns into a spaceship.
2: I'm thinking yeah. we need a Buena Vesa mm-hmm. kit next.
0: Yeah, there you go. I would love a Buena Vesa That would actually yeah. be a, a yeah. really good looking, like, white lay kit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tony, sorry. What were you saying about the... Uh...
1: Oh, I was just going to say it looks like the killer's... Uh, Album that they had a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That's so, totally true. Nope,
1: that was about it. Are, I, I heard Are some you people human talking. or you, are
0: you dancer? That's the great question. <laughs>
1: uh, my signs are vital. Uh, my hands are a little warm though. So
0: Okay. <laughs> it was a warm day today. That is true here in San Diego. So for anybody who's not in the county, it was uh, tipping up around 90 for most parts of the county and also humid, just kind of very humid a, l- a little bit today. We had a thunderstorm, all that kind of came together. So um, yeah, guys, let's keep uh, rolling here. I think the uh, one piece of news we didn't really cover was the actual kit drop itself. We played mm-hmm. up to it in the last podcast, but we didn't really, uh, weren't able to talk about it yet. So were either of you able to go to the kit drop for the green kit?
2: No, I was not there. You're,
0: you're a merch hound, Nick. I'm kind of disappointed. I you're know. usually at the store. Well,
2: I usually just go to talk to people. I know, just hang it's out. Like, I'm going to be that uh, guy. There's going to be at least a few locals down there to hang out with. Yeah. But uh, I didn't go this time.
0: No, I think that was Darren Smith, from what I heard, just hanging out around the line and then just asking for free jerseys, like uh, one of the the <laughs> Oliver uh, kids, just like, "Please, uh, can I have a green kit?" Um, Tony, were you able to make it out down there and uh, check out the scene
1: and all? Uh, not to this one. Uh, I was not invited to model it either. Um, oh it wow! Just, I think, I was, which is fine, but they didn't need me. They, they still sold out. To your agent?
0: Yeah, yeah, they didn't call me. I'm your, I'm his agent. They would have sold out faster if you were there, Tony.
1: True, yeah. true,
0: true. I mean, all of this, just everything Tony models sells out. This is true.
1: Actually, one of them did. So I, I modeled. I modeled <laughs> more than one item, more than two oh, items. Geez. Two made it on there, but one of those shirts actually did sell out. So San Diego loyal, if you're listening, if you want stuff to boy. sell out, just hit up your boy.
0: Yeah, Corbin says his green kid is coming on Saturday. That's pretty great. Yeah, the uh, the shipping arrival of a kid is always kind of a a fun day. It's like, do I put it on right now? and start wearing it? Do I need to take a shower, maybe? Um, There's usually some factors that come in on that day of what what you're gonna do with that kit when it ships, but it is also fun to pick it up in store, and uh, I was lucky enough to get one through, uh, just a nice gift, Um, so that's where I had mine, but it also is a size too small, so it would've been nice to get an (laughs) XL, but I'll have to wait forever, if not maybe till they have different kits. I'm waiting for my local's kit, which is coming, seems like before the end of September, so we'll give you a little bit more of the update on that. little later in the show if you're curious, um, or you can always check your emails as a member as well. Moving to the actual match that happened itself, Los Dos came to town, uh, and so did their supporters. They actually had supporters since they don't let them in their own stadium. They had to travel (laughs) two hours this way to come watch them on a Sunday afternoon in the heat um yeah anytime you send them home they're yeah they're great if you send them home with zero points and they don't throw things at your players and in fact clap and actually be grateful for the experience it's really nice when you have away supporters sometimes yeah a few good chats with some of them in
2: in the bar line and and they were they were like super stoked to be there and supporting their team and and I was super stoked that we could have a little bit of a rivalry, but like a friendly rivalry. I liked it.
0: It's great. I, I've, I've never had a bad experience, honestly, with Galaxy fans. I think they get a bad rap sometimes just for where they play. And and the part of U.S. soccer in which they helped build was an unglamorous time, I think, to be a team. Um, and nowadays would be much cooler if they were the team they were back then. But um, I think that's where a lot of their supporters do have a little bit deeper roots with the sport, which is nice. But, um, you know, Tony, do you have... a uh, any LA Galaxy supporter experience, or are you just drawing off of past matches where we had incidents? It's it's nice to have things that go smoothly, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, from what I heard, you know they they got uh, they got away with a couple of extra uh, uh, instruments and flags or, or noisemakers, yes. which uh, as you were saying, Drew, have had. Yeah. Yeah, like as you were saying, you know, game respects game, and and it, it's it's fun to have uh, a local group be so loud uh, USL group be so loud right because like the last time I can remember was uh, La Masacre coming in and everybody being like okay alright we get it and uh, you know it's good to see some you know friendly competition in the stands and uh, from what Chiva was saying because Chiva was at this last game is at the beginning of the game the locals you know made their way in there slowly but at the end of the day they were just as loud and just as into it as ever maybe even more so because they were inspired by the all all the la galaxy uh fans it's always interesting though like it's a not like are they also naturally la galaxy fans right not just la galaxy those fans right i assume
0: Typically, that's the yeah. way it works. I think, especially with Portland, it seems like they're all one and the same. They did have a brief offshoot that was trying to be its own thing away from the Timbers Army that was specific to Timbers 2, but almost every MLS team I've encou- uh, like encountered, the weirdest one would be 32-52 in Las Vegas, right? It's their players, but it's not at all associated with their club. Uh, but anybody who's like got a two-team, it, it does seem like they mostly just are a, a column- vertical supporters right they're uh, supporting the club up and down if they have a female team you know whatever it is it seems like they kind of support all those different aspects
2: yeah it'd be um, like us going to watch a loyal select match
0: exactly that's the same idea loyal select yeah. would be where we feel like that falls under the guise of at least the locals supporting san diego loyal soccer club any one of its arms or entities um and they're in and and so that's I think where they were coming from, and a lot of them from, are like La Sacre are from San Diego, no. so you do have a lot of LA Galaxy fans who that was their primary MLS club for a number of years, and because of that, low Dos is probably their entry to USL, and they have a very different take on the league, but it was nice to see them support it like it was MLS, yeah. right? And they didn't really care about, oh, this is this or this. It did feel more like they just love the sport and they're here to build the culture, and they're really appreciative of what Landon's trying to do here in San Diego, especially giving them a nice clap off. Even though we were trying to do our San Diego uh, We Are chant, and they were just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do a chant over here. And we're like, (laughs) hey, guys, we're doing a thing. Uh, I mean, (laughs) but it it was kind of funny. And (laughs) who wouldn't want to travel to go support a
2: team playing against your legend, Lennon Donovan? Yeah. You know?
0: And well, in that, they've they've not got to go to as many games this year if they were from San Diego, possibly. And so this is a great opportunity to be able to catch uh, some version of your galaxy, and especially the up and comers. As we know, they can be pretty dangerous and kind of scary to play against. But Uh, We we got the better of them, uh, which felt really good especially after having some schizophrenic performances here and there Mm -hmm. which were uh, Either you know played well, but results didn't come uh, Or results came, but we felt like maybe we weren't controlling as much It it, it did feel like in this match we had a game plan uh, We wore them down and we kind of stuck to what we were doing for for a better part of it But let's break into it. So uh, in terms (laughs) of the lineup um feels like we're going with generally a more healthy lineup these days where now that we're getting people back in and having the ability to sub in we're not maybe starting people we would have if they were fully healthy just not just coming off injury thinking specifically like a colin martin or or a guido um, in certain circumstances right but um yeah I, i think overall the lineup felt strong what do you guys feel like was there anybody who was out of place or jumped out to you as like, oh, why is this guy starting? I know my first initial thought of seeing the lineup
2: was, well, wow, that's really attacking. And, and that yeah. got me really excited for the game to see, like, the amount of attacking threat that was in the lineup. I, I felt confident that we were going to see a lot of goals.
0: Yeah, it's, it's felt like they were very defensive mid or more controlling mid heavy in a lot of previous lineups coming into other matches up until this match specifically. It didn't feel like they really went for it. Except for against Lostos, for whatever reason, maybe it's Landon's Inside Knowledge with the with the entire organization, where he can maybe text somebody over there and be like, so what's their game plan, and like find out. But they do run a different, either keeper or a different defensive setup. Whenever they're playing Lostos, they always kind of switch it up or yeah. have some very specific changes. Um, and I do think one of those does seem to be being more attacking yeah. uh, in certain ways against them, and so... I know Austin Guerrero is always
2: a, a run-in for keeper against Los Dos, so I don't know. They
0: like they like the way he he distributes the ball, I think. He, he seems to catch LA Galaxy players unaware where they either are making a run too far into him or possibly are a little far off one of our players and can really ping a pass where they like it. And they said, I think his goal kicks are a little bit longer uh, than Trey's generally. And that was true last year as well Of between him and John Kempen even, uh, the great John Kempen. Uh, you know, we all think he's perfect, but in certain ways, you know, even Austin Guerrero has a, a better leg or certain uh, aspects of his game that are just as good as, is you know, MLS level keepers, right? And the biceps. Um, he's got the, and biceps. He's, the biceps are like Dude. Premier league level. Those are like Jason Statham level biceps. Yeah. Uh that, as I said, do, do not come with the green kit, uh, I found out. Even though it's a size too small, the biceps don't look any bigger. It's it's definitely not that way. So, yeah, what did you guys feel about his, his performance? As we're talking about Austin, he's been starting uh, in lieu of Trey. We couldn't talk about it last week, although we knew... Um, I actually asked somebody on the team. I was like, can I talk about this? And they were like, no. And I was like, "Ah, I should have asked. Should have said, should have never asked. Should have just said something. But the, uh, because every other podcast mentioned that right after that, obviously at the green kid signing, Trey Muse was in a cast. Yeah. um, Yeah. Meaning that one of the few things a goalkeeper can't lose is their hands, um, you know, for any extended period of time. And a cast on any player on any body part is, uh, signifies that they're not going to be around playing uh for you know at least a, a few weeks uh if not a month or so so uh, they did bring in some backup help which was great um and we're gonna have you know a, a look at him but in terms of austin's performances how do we feel lately he's, he's not been keeping he was great at keeping clean sheets earlier in the year where we were struggling with that as a defense and now it feels like uh we've been a little further back but i feel like everything scored on him has either been a really weird break. Or just like a really bad position by the defense where he's one-on-one with somebody. And anytime you're in that spot as a goalkeeper, he seems to win a lot of them. But, you know, if you're going to get scored on, that's that's usually not the keeper's fault, typically. Yeah. So, I don't Tony, you're, you're a big keeper guy. How do you feel about Austin's performances? Uh,
1: I think he's been uh, stepping up the season. And uh, he was laser focused when the year uh, was about to start uh, and even through, right? He embraced the competition and he mm-hmm. knew it was, it was going to be a challenge the entire year. It's a long season. And and you as you know starting last year we had a shortened season so we're not used to seeing exactly how long these usl players can maintain form and how how good they're going to be uh you know match day 20. um but honestly i think austin's been doing a fantastic job just he just uh he he's answered the call and has been there when we needed him every single time and especially in this last couple games um like you said some of those goals aren't really his fault, uh, but what he br- does bring to the field is that command and uh, that distribution, as you were saying, because that is huge. Landon and Nate style seems to be a lot uh, have to do with playing right from the back. If you look at most of the possessions that uh, San Diego Loyal has and they play out the back, it goes keeper, Colin, uh, excuse me, keeper, Charlie Adams. And he'll be in that center back position moving the play upwards. And then he's the one that just jump starts everything. Um, yep. But uh, again, to that point, people aren't really scouting Austin Guerrero at this point, because if you were to scout him, you should know that he's pretty good with his legs and he knows how to Uh, pinpoint a a player downfield and he'll get it to him exactly to his legs every single time. It's one of his best skills and it's a very underrated skill as a goalkeeper uh, in this modern football where they want to soccer uh, in this modern era of of, of play, they uh, the pep style. They want to have eleven people on the field that can use their legs. Usually, I'd I'd liken old style goalkeepers as uh WWE referees. If you have Stone Cold Steve Austin who puts on a ref ma- uh, jersey, if he gets hit, he's still out for twenty minutes because he's wearing that that j- r- referee jersey. Goalkeepers, with for some reason, they might be good with their hands, but with their feet, when the ball gets there, they just become tree trunks Um, Um, but you know again Austin's been doing really well back there he commands that defense he has a great communication two great communicators with Austin and Stoneman you're going to have a pretty set defensive line all throughout and again that defense has gone through a lot of changes because of injury because of uh just switching people in and out uh gone from a couple of different center backs a couple different right backs left backs at this point um and I think with that, the run that San Diego has been having this last, couple, this last month, honestly, it's testament to the style, the play style that's set uh, here in San Diego, and uh, players have been stepping up through it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been really interesting to watch as somebody who, one of the better goalkeepers I've ever watched is Hugo Lloris, who is one of the best tool goal, goalkeepers in terms of blocking shots, um, having a presence with defense, and, and managing defenders really well but he himself is terrible with his feet. It's one of his worst skills is is being good with his feet. He can do he obviously does a very good level playing in uh you know high level Premier League, but it's one of those things where he just doesn't have the same even, you know, ability of Austin to do that on a on a pitch as a goalkeeper, which is um you know, it's one of those things with with quarterbacks, you know, to relate it to the sport that I I think started tonight, I don't know. Um, But they, you know, when they can throw over a certain number of yards and do it very accurately, it's just extremely impressive. And it puts you in a different category for that skill. And I think he's just part of that elite category at that skill, which, again, makes him why even with John Kemp and they were going to put him in in that situation because it does just make their players who are who think because of their legs, I can run out this ball, right? That's the lowest-dose kids because they're all just physical freaks. They find the fastest kids who can dribble a ball extremely fast. It seems to be their style of academy for whatever reason. So they overrun balls a lot because it's, it's benefited them probably in other levels or in other places, and they know or think they can get back or that the ball is going to be not as direct where the player maybe has to take a touch here or a touch there to field it. in. as Tony said, that putting it right on their feet where they can move right away is a skill that he you know again not only kicking it right where they need it but putting it into place where they can do something with it that's what's really exceptional about what he's been doing and so shout out to him and kind of you know we haven't really coaches cornered him a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of we we always talked about oh well muse and then austin we switched to austin obviously had to in some respects but i think he's answered the call and definitely stepped up in a lot of regards tony great synopsis nick any thoughts otherwise we'll move into the actual goals of the game let's crack on oh yeah let's crack on (laughs) there we go so we were uh tony you you gotta refill man we were uh yeah there there you go so (laughs) looking looking in terms of uh what we wanted to do with our game plan it was always a lot of people thought hey it's gonna be augie um scoring against his former team he's gonna score early and then we're gonna have uh the, you know, ability to control the game that's exactly what <laughs> happened, Nick. Yeah, uh, they were pressing to the other side, so you always want to have them scoring more goals our way, which yeah. luckily we, we will get to. But, um, I, I do think that was it all went to plan, right? Yeah. It, I, I am a big fan of them attacking away from us the first half because yes. that means the
2: second half, which seems to be the more important half for Zandiga Loyal. They seem to be very much a second-half team. Totally. Although that is kind of changing a little bit recently, which I am also loving. Yeah. Uh, is right in front of us, so we get all that action. But, yes, early goal gives you that confidence boost that you're looking for. You're, yeah. you're in charge of the game, you know?
0: This team is hung in games where you just can't get a read for, you know, and it feels bad because everything they win feels like it's just hanging on a needle in some of those games where it was 1-0, 2-0, or even 0-0 for, you know, 40, 50, 60 minutes even if they pulled it out early in the season, that felt like it was always a danger. Versus now, I think what's happening is you have this, and we talked about in this very podcast, we weren't really blowing teams out and we weren't scoring more than two goals, right? Two or even three goals against a team. And so now that you have these multiple attacking options, then it does seem like the two strikers... Uh, they seem to prefer, obviously, everybody wants to have two functional strikers, right? That would be better for any system than having one. Hmm. Um, but their system really does, by having somebody like Augie and just having Corey have that space where he doesn't have to score directly but can create, makes him much more dangerous in any of these. And I'd say Toomey is another player by which uh, it also has obviously enhanced his goal total as well as made him you know more of a, a direct on goal threat uh, not that he wasn't early in the year, but it opens up the looks that he gets right, yeah. and so by Augie scoring early, it also opens up them the rest of the game, which we'll we'll get to a little bit. But obviously, the the first goal was pretty nice. Tony, can you show us? Can, can we take a look?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> we have we have Mister Two Balls here. One on thing that. one thing I noticed super early
2: on, which I was really loving, was the partnership between Lerez and. Douglas Junior on the on the right hand side. Those two were connecting really, really well.
0: Exactly, and they pull people so that Elijah gets this little bit of space here, right? And as soon as that ball came across, and you saw a big Augie Williams standing there, and there's Jack back in the booth. But yeah, it's, it's a it's a textbook. He's he's coming down the. Uh, the yard lines there, as we can see, and shout out to the field painters who did a great job. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a big difference than just letting it grow into the grass sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no right answer, but I feel like that's the best answer <laughs> that they have uh, to make the field look a little more normal. But yeah, that's a fantastic – that's the way you draw it up, right, is, is having somebody – get that kind of space, find the center forward, and just throw it right up onto his head.
2: Yeah, we were playing really, really wide, super early on, which was good. I felt like it stretched Channel their, right their defense. They were playing right on the touchline, both our both our flanks, and it was drawing the defense out wide, which left the center quite open, which was really, really nice.
0: Yeah, and you, you end up kind of collecting yellow cards for the opposition through this, in terms of what's going on. Um, you know, after this goal and, and, and accruing more, as Nick said, um, you know, kind of patience in knowing we were accomplishing what we wanted to. and it felt like everybody was really on the same vibe, which yeah. other games has not felt like the case. It felt like, again, we had a plan. We all thought the plan, we all knew the plan. even you know, I think the other team knew the plan, and it still happened. Uh, they, they started to get frustrated. And then we ended up with, uh, the, if we're living, if we're breathing, right, you know, we need oxygen to live. I think Grant Stoneman needs yellow cards to survive. (laughs) And, uh, before we were able to score again, even, uh, which we know is coming, Grant Stoneman gets his yellow in the 26th minute. I think it was just another one of those just like, eh, professional yellow, you know, like he, he's just the it's most, polite uh, at
1: this point yeah, yeah he knows it's, when to pick them it's up it's james bond He's getting a martini in the movie yeah. you go <laughs> to the
0: movie and you know that it's gonna get it like it's gonna happen you're not you know like is, are they gonna get it out of the way early james, it's bond, it's get, james bond gets uh, the kills, stoney gets the yellow you yeah know? that's how i feel about stoneman <laughs> with the yellow for sure but uh in good point uh to jason yeah they gotta see augie williams and they gotta see him score on uh los dos <laughs> but then we had uh, the man who, as I was just alluding to before, is linking up very well with Augie. He was the first one yeah. to give him a hug there after mm-hmm. he scores. Um, um, why Why am I explaining? Because we have the power of, of Tony vision over here. Yeah, I'm really... Sanchez vision. I'm
2: really liking his new, deeper role. So allowing him to be a bit more creative, link up with both the wide players as well as Augie in front of him. And they play off really well.
0: Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's take a look. For those of you not watching on YouTube, this is a reason to watch on YouTube sometimes.
1: So again, what Nick was talking to, that great connection with Ollie and Douglas over there on that right side, it's just fantastic. Like, Mm. they created a play out of nothing. They they could have lost the ball very easily, Douglas there.
0: And there's five defenders over in that corner, right? And then there was another, the, the other center back got pulled a little bit too far out and wasn't able to recover and close their. right in time squeeze that, that between that two touch. defenders yeah. Well.
2: yeah
1: that but that that touch right before is just yeah. something oh. that's Off the side super. of the floor. yeah just a little it's beautiful and that's where you know, he said he's a poacher right
0: and that's that's yeah. where being a poacher it's not a dirty word it's actually a beautiful skill when you can pull a ball out of the air and know exactly where it needs to go which is You know, it's so hard. We can all say, oh, yeah, I can go sit in my backyard and kick 100 balls, and maybe two will do that. But to be able to do it 90% of the time at a high level in a situation like this, um, you know, Corey hasn't gotten those kind of chances. And so the more that he gets those balls pinged in front of him in the box like that, and you've seen it earlier in the season where he he would get one or two, but even then, if he has three of those looks in a game, he's going to put away one of them at least. And as I said, maybe it's a, a higher percentage than that, but... Um, you know, pretty, pretty impressive on all accounts and just, just almost like a um, kind of like, a, to me, a basketball kind of goal or where where you have the one player kind of lofted over to the other guy who passes it underneath to the guy taking the, the layup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the harder than normal layup in this case, but that's kind of the, the play they're running here, which is, again, an impressive soccer play. Um, RIP soundboard soccer plays
2: <laughs> yeah and and uh, the chemistry between these two is insane like or he's only been here for a, what yeah. a couple of weeks oh, yeah. it seems like he's been
0: here all season the way it that does. those two are playing off each other it's kind of it's esque right yeah, last Rubin year very kind of vibes very much and Barry's from here I mean that all made sense why he clicked uh, they obviously were courting and I'm sure talked to him before the MLS Super Draft to say hey if you're at all interested you know we'd love to have you and he said I'm, I'm probably interested in mls but um you know in this case you know rabin especially was one of those players they courted and had to convince you know this is the right decision for him i'm sure augie to some degree as well but um it is it is impressive what has been um, going on in terms of his um stuff tony sorry <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh whoa
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: So yeah, the the uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's been really cool as, as Nick said, just to see his you know merge into the team. Where I, I went on my trip, I came back and Augie Williams was a household name. You know, he wasn't even on the team when I left, so um, it is pretty cool to see how quickly he's. He's gelled in, and, and what he's doing in terms of a production level, again, it's Rubin-esque, it's, it's Barry-esque in terms of how many goals per games per production. The first game was the only game he really didn't perform in, yeah. and since then has, has either scored a goal or assisted um, almost every single game, and so uh, you can't do better than that. And, and again, we would have drawn it up differently in the beginning of the year and said, here are the players that we think are going to be doing X, Y, and Z, and if you would have said... Um, I wanted to do a segment today but we'll we'll do it kind of which was like what if I told you like the SPN 30 for 30 what if I told you What
1: if I told you
0: that that Corey Herzog
1: would return to form in the last third of the game Corey yeah. Herzog is I don't know what, put put the word this, that's for the comment section what, what what's what's the go. story
0: What if I told you Tumi Moshebani would be our leading scorer you know isn't that crazy isn't that crazy and, and he always had the potential yeah he didn't seem like an on-goal guy last season and so just yeah. this season from the beginning of the year you would have thought he'd be the highest assist leader mm-hmm. for sure but um you know something like a biggest goal winner that, that's kind of an interesting uh uh thing we'll see how as we go a- 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 augie's production if he continues would actually outpace yeah. anybody else on the team but uh and the Raz as well, who's been you know lighting it up even just in a few appearances here, wouldn't surprise me if he notches somewhere in that race as well. So um, Yeah, he had a great game
2: on the right-hand side. He, Him and, and Douglas linked up really, really well. Yeah. There was a couple of attacking runs. Through balls, you know how much I love through balls. We're actually seeing through balls and chips over the top for Douglas to run onto. I love that. It was yeah. beautiful, that was the way those two were linking up.
1: And that's not even his position. Is the crazy part? He's yeah. more of a right. He's note. a
2: midfielder. Like yeah. it's,
1: it's insane. And and uh, you know, I had a chance to actually talk to him today. I'm like, hey, dude, like, you're playing out of position. Have you ever played this before? And he's like, no. I'm pretty much <laughs> learning this, this position as I go here. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that's that's great. Like, keep, keep at it, man. But that's impressive. Like, just the, the pedigree of, of quality that you know that, individual has is is just fantastic and. You know, to be able to come in and fill in for Jack Metcalf, who, if you told me before the season started, midseason, what if I like, told hey, you? What if I told you? Uh, Jack Metcalf
0: would go out and we'd have better production from our right back position. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. You wouldn't think and you wouldn't draw it up that way because he is such an integral member of the team. But it's been amazing to see with the system they've built, if you throw a player who's just a little special, in a different way they they can actually take the whole thing and expand it in a certain way so yeah he's uh, jason's a man on fire i was gonna say that's actually kind of um you know i i think that's mean because he's a ginger so <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't know a if ginger. i necessarily uh want to say he's on fire but uh you know Abara being a mark too with Corey was a good good point that jason was also making and i think that's actually a, a great point is that um, Corey getting into those balls a little bit deeper, as Nick was saying, mm-hmm. also opens up everybody else, and to have these kind of winger type positions uh, from somebody who can read the game as a central mid and see what's happening with that um, kind of space and be more of a wing back almost in La Raz. Um It's been pretty incredible to watch in some ways, and, and Taylor made the point that through balls, yeah, through balls for <laughs> days, man, throw those through balls all the way through. And Jack, Jack was the best on our team at it. Yeah and so him going out really hurt, but having Ollie have that kind of eye for it has definitely been extremely helpful to put it back on the field because you noticed it when it wasn't there. Um, there just wasn't those kind of penetrating runs as the British like to say. They like mm. to use the word penetration a lot when they talk about soccer. I don't <laughs> yes. Know. Yeah. Um, it's it, any podcast you listen to with Brits on it. They're going to use the yeah. one of these ones. Uh, <laughs> I love the shout from Andrews. Yeah. So. Andrew, Andrews is <laughs> great here. He did a, what if I, what if I told you Grant Stillman, would get a yellow card every single game and somehow manage to avoid suspension on accumulation. I'm- Maybe there's somebody named Stoneman working in the league yeah. office. I don't know. The league Who just, like, doesn't file yeah. <laughs> the seven game accumulation, but I'm almost positive that he's accumulated at least seven games worth in a row. But maybe he's just really smart. Maybe he goes six games and then the seventh game he yeah. just clean sheets it, and then the next <laughs> game starts the cycle over again. I don't know. But he's got a little calendar in like old school movies. Well, he didn't, yellow, he didn't get a yellow. He uh, didn't
2: get a yellow in Sacramento.
0: Yeah, where so. he, start, he circles the days he has a yellow card, so he's just like. Okay. Looks at his calendar. Not (laughs) Not today, today, Grant. Grant.
1: Not Not today.
0: today. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But it is. It's a total accumulation. He has over seven though. So Uh, yeah. Surely. Yeah. Surely. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So it's it's very interesting to see when they enforce that and when they don't, and also the fact that he's just a, uh, um, you know, maybe maybe he gets a blue card like uh, uh <laughs> indoor soccer <laughs> like an yeah. and uh i feel like some of them could be a blue there you go. I yeah, think we, know,
2: we know what happens when we go down to 10 men
0: we still win against la so i oh, know that was orange county we still win anyway yeah
1: i think is how Taylor uh, said
0: what i think is right i think he used his injury when he was injured for a little bit there i think that yeah. was the coverage for the suspension yeah, yeah. as well uh
1: I, I think this is how they say it down in uh, new zealand a quick googly do yeah, uh, yeah, let me yeah, to show there. that grant stoneman so actually has six yellow cards in oh, only
0: so, six!
1: how is that possible
0: He's i don't know six
1: games that that's that's what i'm saying but you know Again, what what we'll pre- James
0: Bond movie does he not drink martinis <laughs> you know <laughs> it feels like that's the deal so yeah well we're we going ball. to halftime yeah. we're feeling yeah, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves Two nothing we're like okay we got this game but to nothing's always dangerous you don't know are you going to be, you know, sitting there and not getting uh, what you want to get in terms of a goal before they get their next one? And that's that's what ended up happening. Um, we have them in the 63rd minute. Uh, Kai Kor- Korinyuk. Korinyuk. What? Yeah. what? What are you saying? Look up his name. It's spelled K-O-R. E n n i u k, a my, chick
2: name or something.
0: Yeah, kind of. Like my uh, my Anglo-Saxon voice can't really figure it out for whatever reason. But Kai is his first name, um, playing a little bit like uh, a certain German Kai, um, mm. smashing that ball home. But uh, it was no, bueno for San Diego loyal because that's where you're starting to creep a little bit of doubt, right, in terms of like, oh no.
1: Here we go again. Because that's the thing. We've seen San Diego Loyal, unfortunately, lose almost in every possible way already. In the sense that San Diego Loyal has gone up early in the game and managed to lose. San Diego Loyal has gone down early in the game, managed to come back and lose. San Diego Loyal has been ahead and managed to tie, which seems like a loss at some point. So, you know, at, at this point, anything is possible in the realm of Loyal just... You just never know what's going to happen. That's that's what's so important about having to play the full 90. And I think now, finally, with the squad and the rotation that uh, is in the squad and the team right now, they can run that full 90. And they don't have to, you know, kind of make substitutions be like, oh, man, is this really going to cost us here at the end? Are we really going to put mm. this guy in there? Because there's plenty of depth uh, to go on other either side of the ball, honestly.
0: That's, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I keep feeling like it's what else is in our tank to shift the tide. And it felt like emotionally when we fall off a cliff, we just like don't have anything to climb back up. And so you have to score to change the level. Mm-hmm. And that was always my issue with this team. And luckily, not luckily, but they made shift, sweet changes. Uh, sh- I was going to say sweeping, and then I said sweet. sweet. But they were sweet because they resulted in, in goodness. Um, but you take yeah. off you take off Martinez you bring on Toomey who again has been lanes. very uh, you, know, you know very instrumental in terms of a lot of the goal scoring in the last few weeks Guido comes off as well um, for Colin Colin is a great manager of the game who's also going to be able to maybe slow the pace down and kind of get you re-racked in a good position and so I felt like those were both good changes yeah. again we started very offensively we were saying okay we need to not only think that we have to think for the next 30 minutes probably subs you were going to make anyway but to say okay I'm already fired up. Let's go. The second they score, let's go and make these subs. And then right, you know, right after that, Tony, we had a some production from my man. I like how Tony like has to shuffle every time. I'm like, Tony, I need a video clip. <laughs> yeah, well, I,
2: when Cor- uh, when Colin came on, there was definitely
0: a noticeable difference in the midfield. He was carrying the ball a lot more. Yes, he dribbles really, yeah. really well. You know, he's he's he has that box to box a little more um, guy who's going to try and get that ball from one box to another a little bit. So you get the knockdown from Toomey, Augie to Toomey, to Hertzie. Oh, wow, that was a beautiful goal,
2: right in front of the locals. I know I went crazy. I was high-fiving yeah. people all
0: around me. You had a great reaction. They got a video of you. Yeah, shout-out out to Ryan. Yeah, shout-out to shout out Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, who never films my reactions. But mine. I look, I'm look. i probably sweaty, and I look terrible. Yeah. But I did the reenaction, almost, of the guy in the uh, there. – there is that. Thank you, Tony. The um, – the guy from the, um, I think he's a basketball coach, I forget what his name is, but where he's like,
1: <sighs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I
0: did, because I was just, yeah, I was it's like pseudo capoing, I was just kind of going nuts in the middle there with Craig, and uh, yeah, and then I think I like somehow ran over and hugged Brandon uh, Rodriguez, <laughs> shout out. But yeah, it was, it was just like, and both of us were like sweating in our green kits. We're like, ah! but it was, it came at the right time. It was right after yeah. that goal came. We're all hot. It's the second half. We've been there for an hour or two. And at that point, we're just, you know, really trying to will, um, you know, 3-1 feels so much more comfortable than even 2-0 to know That's that you got that and you only have so many minutes left. Um, How killer is the three
2: o'clock games with that sun bearing down?
0: It. Man. It's bad dude like I feel bad for the
2: players like the amount of cramp it's yeah. probably like, I feel like we're probably going to have some injuries. And I, and I would say having stuff. a stadium
0: with a little roof, like, that always helps, right? If we ever had a stadium with a little roof, that's what helps these kind of kickoff times. But I'm sure the supporter section would be the one that's in the sun, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> so it Looking
2: doesn't... straight down that sun. Yeah, however, where <laughs> the sun
0: is, they're going to make sure that hey, the cheapest seats you. There you go. <laughs> High five,
2: people. Yeah. It was really nice to, I took, a, over, I took yeah. a, a, day, a game off so capoing because I wanted to, to uh, see the game for once because usually I, I miss all the goals and i have to go home and watch what i missed yeah. at home but it was really nice to take a, a game off and and uh watch the game from up front and
0: yeah it's a great spot it's where i usually like to be nick so yeah. nick and i kind of like swept swapped places a little bit for the game but it was uh it was yeah it was it, it, it is a fun place to be because yeah. you can be a little bit close to goals. So, so anybody's like can i come sit up up front is there like a hierarchy. No, if there's space, Get you, can, you can come into the space. Like nobody's gonna push you around like obviously people's personal stuff with COVID, you always wanna like ask if you see two people are obviously trying to be in a, a space by themselves. Yeah. Usually higher up the the uh section. Yeah uh, it's there. But the whole point of standing room only is that you can choose in general admission is you can choose where you yeah. wanna sit and you can actually move around during the match. Get maybe on there, right? Maybe foot if up we on didn't do good in the in the top, you know, top part of the section, maybe you wanna come down to the bottom. Yeah. So um, you know that is that is what it's about.
2: I want to shout out those kids, those guys that are that were next to me, man. Those guys bring the energy every single yeah. time. And every single time I I see them, there's always like one more in their group. I feel like they're, yeah, they're just like multiplying. They're and I love learning. us. Yeah, Those guys are great. It's good. They bring yeah. energy, in and they're the, they're
0: the future, man. Yeah. It's, uh, anybody who's younger than us and out there doing it, um, I'm always super supportive of it in any way. Older people, get out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <It's, you> know, <laughs> I was just saying it's You really want to grow the youth. You really want to make sure the kids keep coming back because. Uh, that's what's going to keep the section going, uh, going and growing, as, as yeah. Nick was saying. I mean, it's, it, it does grow so much faster at that age, and a lot easier to get your friends to come with peer pressure. Yeah, shout out uh, to Jason and, and his girls. They were they were down the front. They were going yeah. hard. Yo, yeah, and Jason. Jason does a great job, you know, all the time. But it was it was awesome to see this the menagerie of people that we had. As Nick said, it's it's not easy to hang in there on a Sunday and to be up front and oh, to be man, jumping around fun. and bringing the energy. Um, It was my first, you know, like real screamy game back. And it was like, uh, man, the voice was like gone 10 minutes in. And I was like, man, I really should have brought those waters in for my car that I left in my car. But uh, yeah, uh, news alert for any locals listening. You can bring water into a You can bring two water bottles. They can actually be pretty large water bottles carried in to the game. So if you didn't know that. Especially for those 3 p.m. Sunday kickoffs, um, afternoon kickoffs, you're going to want to try and probably bring some water. And even if you like to drink a couple beers or lemonades, which was my choice of uh, refreshment, Tony, Uh, I know you love the lemonade stand. But that's where I went at halftime. Just fantastic. Every single game before
2: we start, I go get a lemonade.
1: Right. Like it's it's, it's a a perfect drink. It's the first yeah, yeah, the pink
0: guava is great. The regular is great.
2: I miss the raspberry. They don't have the raspberry. Yeah, bar. that was the
0: best one. So I hope they bring the raspberry back. Shout out Lemonade Stand. You're welcome in the parking lot whenever Those we come again. Those um, guys a
1: killer. I'll, I'll head up the big squeeze for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah Tony, Tony's got them saving. It's gotcha. fun. Big squeeze. Yeah, maybe someday we can do a local's big squeeze crossover. If they want to sponsor this podcast, go ahead, big squeeze. Um, we're taking sponsors. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it's, it, it is really one of those things where it actually helps your voice to it. The 100%. lemon, the lemon a little bit helps a little Lists bit. It's up the, the vocal cords. Maybe it doesn't do anything. It's probably counter, you know, helpful. Uh, but kind of speaking of being counter helpful, Colin Martin got a yellow card, but it was kind of funny, oh, uh, what right. he got it for. He's he just like, he's so on the ground. And then the dudes are, like, coming up to him and messing with him, and he just kind of, like, trips the guy over and is Right like, in front of the ref. The ref right in front is right of the there. Ref.
2: <laughs> the ref is looking at him, and he's like, ankle taps this guy and knocks him over.
0: It was it was pretty silly. On, Shithousery, as that's, they like to say. It's almost as bad as that Tyler
2: Adams play yellow card for the USA the other day. It was, it was very similar,
0: off. yeah. yeah. The, that is very true. It was, it was just kind of silly. So unnecessary. And, and I like that he's got that fire, man. He came in as a sub. He's just bringing the fire. He's like bro, you don't say shit to me. I'll trip you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <like> <laughs> yeah, I haven't been playing for a while, so I can pick up a yellow. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. So it's he, he knew he was coming in to be a little bit of a wrecking ball and uh, play a role I like to describe as, yeah, just the, the guy who gets to muck up. You know, He just goes around and he mucks it up, cleans up the ball, somehow comes out with the ball, and then distributes it very cleanly You know, at the other end. And so he did it. a great job of that. Oh, Nick's, <laughs> Nick's refilling. Do you want another one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. And as he's refilling, um, they made a couple subs. And what seemed to be was a decent job of uh, getting the ball recycled, at least, back in their possession, where we weren't really penetrating. We weren't doing a good job after that point. We were mucking the game up a little bit. And it did feel like we were doing something we had done previous in the season, where we do tend to sit back a little bit. And we don't always push forward as much as we should. But it felt like after maybe about, you know, three to four minutes of adjusting to their subs, uh, we ended up getting, you know, our friend who just got a yellow card and the other friend who came in uh, to me and Colin link up. And they had a beautiful fourth goal. Um, I was really thinking after that one that the floodgates were going to open. But uh, let's take a look, Tony. Do you have the, uh, the oh, goal? For? Of oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. What a the guy. Man, the what man a guy. The man the goals.
1: This this one I'm has totally the fair. featured uh, Spanish. Uh, Ooh, oh,
0: it's okay. almost from the Chiva angle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if you, if you look at it once he pans to the right, you'll see Chiva actually reacting uh, for our vlog. <laughs> no,
0: I love no. this guy so much. No offense, Jack. It's a way better call. Yeah. Hey, Chiva, <laughs> the passion.
2: The passion.
0: Yeah, that's a great call, and I love the little dance
2: from the boys at the end. Yeah, you can tell they're enjoying. But you can tell they're enjoying the game
1: when the when the celebrating like that. So, so, do you know what he says? Do you guys know what he says?
0: I'm not. No, I couldn't no, hear
1: clearly I, because I, I was talking over a really beer Here, here. He pretty much said, "You go through the kitchen. You go through to the fridge. You open the fridge. Open. You get yourself yeah. your beer." Beer, and then yeah. you just slot it to the left.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> that is <laughs>
1: That's
2: what I thought
0: he was saying. Oh, like, man, that is so good. Oh, my God. Just the cadence of the call. It's such oh, a good call, man. I love the way his to me as well.
1: Well, to be fair, um, a little bit earlier in the, in the year, um, they did call him. Robinson for most of the game?
0: Robinson. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, is, well, that is his name. It is his middle name. Yeah, but in the, for the first couple games, I was like, "Who is Robinson? Like, yeah, when did he sign this player? Like, yeah, yeah. I, like I, I didn't, I was not, I thought I was aware, and and these are getting handwritten notes from the club themselves. Who is this guy? And who is Colin? That it was it. Was Tommy? 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 Um,
2: shout out to Taylor. My wife is actually in Iowa, which is why I'm allowed to have Drew over because. She's not here, so we can be loud and.
1: So uh, usually like, he's not allowed in there. I like it. N- yeah, yeah.
0: it's Well, <laughs> I'm not allowed in the house. Mm-hmm. I, I attract fleas, and um, I'm generally it's like a straight. Do what I want, dog. man. Like like bum. Certain people take bum in. Certain people are like, you know, yeah. You know, I bet in, even bum. If bum come to your house, you have to let him in. I kind of feel like that's that's the rule. She is
2: aware but, that Drew is here.
0: Yes. She and approved. I got, yeah. I got the okay. Yeah.
2: We're good after yeah. the pod started, but yeah. it's all good. It's fine. Our well, wives our wives know each other and talk, yeah, talk and going, to each we're other. Yeah, we're going to
0: come over for dinner soon yeah. as well. Yeah. So I tidied that. the house. This is really important and, for the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tidied the house, so it looks good. It does look really good. It actually, <laughs> unfortunately, it's not on a camera. He's like, like, if you're your having Dirover, you haven't drove it, you've got to tidy the house. And I was but like, okay, I'll tidy the house. It looks great. Capri, very approved. Nick's mom, if she's watching from New Zealand, Hi, mom. looks great. Um, but yeah it's it's just midday over there right it's just uh, um, it's just the morning it's minus the, five hours minus five hours yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah.
1: currently 4 58 p.m apparently there you yeah. go boom.
0: boom boom happy hour great time yeah. To, yeah. to start yeah there you go hi matt if you're watching this world well.
2: actually um, my best mate matt basco he might be watching matt basco down at the dairy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's chilling at the dairy <laughs> i
0: hope he didn't bring his scooter just don't leave your scooter at the dairy at the dairy <laughs> But thanks, Taylor. Yeah, no, uh, we're we're keeping it kosher here on the uh, loyal local podcast. The <laughs> it seemed to be that one of the things that um, our club has done too as well it loves these shift uh, substitutions uh, in games, and so that's what came after this goal, which was like, hey, let's just shift in a bunch of dudes yeah. and totally change shape. Which in any sport with any team, when you're doing well. Unless you're so far past a a statistical apex to which victory is assured, it seems like a bad move, right? It always just feels like you're going to let something up. And and in this case, you're up by three goals. So maybe you're like, we're okay giving up a goal. I don't feel like any team coach is ever going to say that. And I don't think that's any coach's mentality, but it does seem to be the direct result. And so we made a triple substitution. And we yeah. give up we give up a, a second goal straight away, kind of, pretty much as well. Pretty much bang bang, right? It felt like we subs guys in. They, they hadn't. Were, they were communicating. Yeah. They didn't communicate, maybe, or they mis- hadn't had time to settle into the game plan. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it just pretty immediately was a goal for the galaxy. There, um, goal scorer's name. Oh yeah, it's Remi. Remy- Remy. Yeah, Remy. yeah, he's he's a good player. And it's one of those things where again you get a player, you give him space, and guys aren't in the right right where they need to be. And yeah. He was pretty open. Yeah.
1: yeah it, it's one of those kind of not necessarily cardinal sins, but you just don't do that, right? Like you don't, you know, make a substitution for a defender and a corner that you're defending. Yeah. Type of thing. And uh, you know, that's wasn't just it, one of those mm-hmm.
2: Wasn't it a three person sub as well? Wasn't yep. it like yeah. That's that's yeah. a that's a lot to sub in all at once.
1: And it ended up being the space, and you can see him, him just mm. tracking back and not being able to catch up. Uh, uh, our player, uh, Canada's own Giancarlo Fascinieri. Woo um, With the hair, that guy has the
2: freaking best hair. I love oh, that.
1: yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, I gorgeous.
2: wish I had that hair. That guy
0: <laughs> is a good-looking man. Yeah, when I need a transplant, I'm going to him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure um, he'll oblige but, you. But,
1: but yeah like as you were saying like even then four to two I, got, I you shouldn't be worried but because you've seen stranger things this yeah. season against loyal, you just kind of perk up a little and you're like okay, here we go all right four two nothing no, nothing nothing to nothing to get worried about yeah, right that's... guys and um, you know thankfully it, it ended up being uh, that way 4 yeah. two. Um, but I mean, you know, I kind of think of those, those type of things in, in later, mm. um, later scenarios, say if you need a goal differential, because again, USL can't figure out who's first, second, third, or what their uh, t- rule uh, tiebreakers uh, are anyway. Yeah, so, um, and how many yellow cards people <laughs> have and what the
0: rules are. Taylor <laughs> yeah. did a good job in the comments, by the way, yeah. if you want to go back. Taylor. It's like five total cautions, fine, eight cautions. And yeah. So it's, it is a really weird system they're, that it seems like they don't even understand. Um, so it's like medieval times, yeah. pretty much. Their uh, tiebreaker the Carta rules Carta and everything. don't
2: even count Yeah. Like that. <laughs> this is the tiebreaker rules, but we're not going off that. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on there. I saw the Magna
0: Carta when I was in uh, the British Museum. And we get Fun it. Fact.
1: You enter Europe. We get it. <laughs> Did that affect you in New Zealand? Was there even a New Zealand at that time? No, no, it, <laughs> no, it, no it, way.
0: But, there hey, was, but there was, there was Aboriginals, but bro, yeah, there was, uh, yeah, there was.
2: New, Z- New Zealand, um, it was like the Europeans dis- discovered New Zealand because obviously Maori was already there. The Maori were already there. Yeah, the, the New Zealand, New Zealand was like discovered in the seventeen hundreds by the Europeans. Oh, okay. Yeah, white white people found out about it. Yeah, yeah. The Maori were already there; they were chilling there for a long time.
1: (laughs) Okay, so New Zealand was invented in the 1700s. Got it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But the name name New Zealand, yeah,
1: was 1700s.
0: They were like, "We have an old Zealand, and we want a new one." Dutch. This island will do. Dutch explorer Abel Tasman with these birds who can't fly. This is a great place for this.
2: He he turned up there, and then the Maori rode out to greet him. And then they did their like haka, and he's like, I don't want to mess with these guys. And so he left. <laughs> and then Captain Cook came, and he's like, you know what, fuck these guys. And then the British came. And...
0: <laughs> Maybe he enjoyed the haka. Maybe, yeah. No, he, he was a terrible man. Uh, look it up. <laughs> history is really with... Explorers are mostly that's terrible the, people. That's the... Even Juan Nick... Cabrillo is pretty much a, a bad yeah. dude. The Nick Duffy uh, summary of, 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 <laughs> of his, his history. history. <laughs> so Rick there's... Rick. Another...
2: Yeah, <laughs> Nick,
0: minute, Nick Minute. We're talking about colonialism. There you go. Love it. They <laughs> so. yeah,
2: signed it. are Brits. They uh, turned up. The whalers came, and they're like, "Oh, sweet, there's a lot of whales
1: here." And then, and then there was like, is it, a is, lot is it like an India situation where they try to make it to India? But I guess we're in the Indies. Oh, we're trying to make it to Wales, but there are no. Know.
2: It wasn't. It wasn't oh, like okay. that. There was a lot of whales. There were a lot of seals, and the Brits were like, "Sweet, <laughs> we need that." And then they're like, "Well, there's only like." thousand of us british and there's like heaps of maori and they could probably kill us if they wanted to so maybe we should sign a treaty with them to be like hey let's be equal and then they sign a treaty and then the british did some dodgy shit and took some land
0: wait white people doing dodgy
2: shit? impossible
1: drew come on
0: yeah Yeah. us brown folk
1: know right drew yeah
0: i'm red right now but yeah See uh, this lighting. <laughs> I don't think I'm actually that red in real life. To,
1: to digress, uh San Diego Loyal New Zealand heritage uh night Sounds <laughs> yeah. uh, fantastic, right?
2: Yeah, let's get on it, Ricardo. Yeah. Sort of let's that, go. Um, so
0: in New Zealand. Though. Oh yeah, the 1886 initiative doesn't include uh all the Auckland, all the Indian reservations aren't included in those 86. What? Just saying. Uh guys, um You know, is the foremost expert on these things, I guess. Uh, I'm just kidding. The ghost towns, that was my comment. What about the 12 ghost towns? But all of San Diego is loved and assured in that initiative, I'm sure. But, it's yeah, it's funny to see the different... uh, takes always of you know and you go to the british museum for instance when i was in europe and like their take on certain parts of history where you're like okay yeah i consider the winners might say that and the people who a, aren't the winners might have a different take there's a great
2: comedic <laughs> bit by james A. Kester about the british and their museum and how yeah. they have all the egyptian stuff yeah they have you half should, of egypt <laughs> you should definitely watch that it's The james bu- a. it's amazing exhibit. and you james should a. go a. see
0: it if you're very interested but yeah it is very interesting their take on yeah, how it's there why yeah. it's there but um, we digress. So yes, yeah, continue. I think it, uh, yeah. Back to the games. The we killed them. You know, we, we killed them so good that we felt like we could, we colonized Los Dos in the sense. So uh, now that we've now taken the their yacht. players, we've taken Augie and made him uh, a part of our squad. <laughs> but in reality, we we did a thorough job of controlling the game. We saw it out. I think in all phases, there was a couple you know spots where you go, hey, you want to clean up that blemish. But it was a very solid game plan, very solid play by everybody. I, I can't think of a player who had a game where I was like, oh, they just disappeared or they weren't there. It felt like everybody put, put in a shift really in the hot day. And mostly when they did shift people off, it was just because it was hot and they wanted to get them some space. I think somebody said in the comments earlier, which, uh, Jason, yeah, it's, it makes a ton of sense.
1: And, I think that's and really you know, funny. before we uh, move on to something else too, like Kido, played fantastic in yeah. a more central defensive play and yeah. he was sliding yeah. everywhere recovering balls he's um as i was i was told like that's more of his position where he does play yeah. and he's not a he's not able uh not really have to rely About on being creative yeah, um, i really liked him
2: in that position like in more of mm-hmm. a number eight than a number 10 and then Corey slotted into the more of the number 10 more of a shadow striker role yeah which was cool I like that almost shadow a ball strike. trying
0: I like yeah. Shadow Striker, though. Yeah, yeah. You like guys not play Football wonderful. Manager? You guys get on Football Manager. It's a great position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard <laughs> of Shadow Strikers before, but for me, I see him wearing like a ninja bandana, like a Teenage <laughs> Ninja <laughs> Turtle. Shadow Striker. Yeah, I don't know. With a Y? Striker. Yeah. So <laughs> moving into the next game, our Shadow Striker is going up against uh, the Oakland Roots, hopefully starting. We'll see if he's starting. But Corey seems to start most of these games. Is there anybody you would love to see start or um, possibly as a sub who started this last game? That's kind of a question for you guys. Because overall, Oakland is um, a on the upswing. They're playing better than they did because they couldn't play worse um, than they did for the first few games of the season. Uh, they, were, they were kind of scumming the, the bottom of the table. And it seems like as they've settled their home situation and being able to actually host matches consistently on a decent field... Um, which has been an issue and it's always sad to see clubs go through this especially in lower divisions of American mm-hmm. soccer it's something we all struggle with even with our own clubs sometimes you know at our field with rugby and football and everything happening there it can it can never even a good situation can't be great um, so I, I always feel for that it's not a, it's not in jest but it does seem like they're doing better it seems like mm-hmm. they're doing more consistent so they, they're there but I feel like this is one of those where you have to keep the momentum going if you want to keep that, that playoff positioning, and you want to be able to uh, shout out Fairweather uh, Pod, who did a good job of breaking this down and talking about playoff positioning um, in terms of why we don't want to fall into the third or fourth spot. Yeah, when you look at the Western Conference, there's some killer teams. Yeah, El Paso being one of those, and we really don't want to face El Paso just the way they've been playing and playing in El Paso. Uh, it's hard to get to El Paso. There's a few other. I love El Paso as a city. My dad through uh for for the what used to be the Diablos is now the Chihuahuas
2: um
0: (laughs) in minor league baseball there and so always had a soft spot for El Paso as a city but um they're playing really well and it's a very tough place to play so it's one of those cities where we would love to stay in that two position uh right behind Phoenix and keep pushing there so uh thoughts in terms of Oakland have you guys watched any Oakland this year or do you have any thoughts on um You know, as again, players you maybe want to see start that didn't start last game.
1: Tony? So much in the same way that San Diego Loyals had a really good August, Oakland Roots, out of nowhere, has had a really good August. Going back all the way to August, uh, excuse me, August, uh, where are they? Where are they? August 11th, in a sense. You know, they tied against Sacramento. Then they went over at home. They won against LA Galaxy Los Dos. They tied against New Mexico, which, you know, it's kind of a barometer because we do face New Mexico a little bit later. So, yeah. um, they did win three-one against Las Vegas Lights on August twenty-first. Oakland Roots, the surprising one, right? Three-to-one against Phoenix Rising. What? Bar- Not just what. Uh, Then they went over to yet again win 3-1 against Tacoma August 28th. They did lose against uh, the reigning, defending, what I consider. You see, they they won it. The Tampa Bay Rowdies, they they lost Mm. against Tampa Bay Bay 3-0. But other than that, they seem to be in really good form coming into this this matchup. And they are not a team to scoff at. No. In the beginning of the season, they just did not. You know, they had a lot of games in hand they had a lot of uh, issues off the field and some on the field with you know their managers and whatnot um and they played really well against san diego loyal in the one game that we played here at home it was a game that granted it should have been a little bit more scoring for san diego loyal it was one zero um there was a lot of opportunities but even then at that point, San Diego loyal was a much different team, much yeah. different in the sense that the squad that San Diego has now is much more attacking like three or much four more different starters. Yeah, yeah, much more <laughs> well than lethal. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's it, it's it's a game that you know, unfortunately, San Diego can't afford to just take the foot off the gas where. You kind of wish early in the season, had you won one of those first four games, had you won some of those uh, midseason games that were a little that that didn't seem so important then you kind of wish you kind of would have had some of those. So you can give some players some rest, get some uh, uh, distance between you and, and second, third, fourth place. But, you know, here we are. But I I, I really think that. It's a team that is going to be very dangerous. You still have uh, former San Diego loyal player, uh, Emra Clementa, who's really important in that squad. And even going back to the game where they played here in San Diego, uh, Clementa was going back and forth with uh, Austin, just like, hey man, uh, at last that last uh, save you made, which is an amazing last minute yeah, uh, shot. save you had, that shot was from Emrah Clementa. Yeah. Um, so they went a little bit back and forth from there. So it's not a bad team right now and they're playing right uh, to win. If they can't make it into that fourth spot, fifth, third spot, everybody in the division, the Pacific Division is going to want to play spoiler against San Diego Loyal. So there's no room to just relax, unfortunately.
2: Mm. Yeah, we uh, they also have Morad, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah so it makes more I'm, ex- I'm excited to see those two guys cuz for me, if you're Loyal one time, you're Loyal forever and that's my view on things so All I'm always nice. excited Shout out. so I'm excited <laughs> to see those guys I hopefully they don't have too good of a game um, that would be a narrative wouldn't it so oh yeah it's um, that field that they have it I feel like it dazzles the other teams <laughs> don't know how
0: the spear. Yeah. what what is the aqua fresh is that the type of toothpaste where it has the stripes in it where it's like the know, lime man. green and then the dark that green field is amazing it's aqua fresh field but there. yeah
2: they they were a new team at the start of the season and i feel like the, the their slow start at the season was was basically them trying to get settled and figure out who they were as a team but now they're firing on all cylinders and they're, they're definitely not a team to take lightly i i think that we have to treat them with a bit of respect going into their home ground. And um, I don't know Landon and Nate will definitely have a game plan. And I have all faith in them. Uh, I feel like um, I, the one partnership that I do want to see is uh, Douglas and LaRaz on the right-hand side. Those guys, are, I, I'll rep those guys to the end of days. Those guys played really, really well last game. Yeah, uh,
0: they've been late tonight.
2: I'm a sucker for through balls, as everybody knows, and I want to see <laughs> more through balls. So I'll, uh, I'm excited to see that, and yeah, um, I, I, I think just, it's going to be a great game, and yeah. it'll be cool. It'll be yeah, it'll be a really really cool game.
1: Just, just want to show a preview of what the field looks like um, and how it's looking like. A-
0: Please. This is why you tune in. <laughs> <laughs> it's why, why, why you why tune into the YouTube? <laughs> what we're looking at is a uh, creature from uh, so a accurate. children's show, I believe. <laughs> is oh, so, Gabba Gabba Gabba! Yeah, <laughs> is so freaking accurate, <laughs> and it's the uh, the yeah, the the light green, dark green guy with an uh, orange face, and that's the loyal players running around. On it there. That's, we hope it, we have a smile <laughs> right. going on. Watching watching
2: the Oakland field on broadcast is like playing FIFA man like,
0: it is it's just such high contrast it looks your like it eyes grins. are not ready for the amount of contrast <laughs> It looks like nah, it and again I feel so bad for the supporters because it's just like what are you supposed to, you're powerless can you do you run a lot or do you run four seasons landscaping what are you supposed to do yeah. <laughs> in this situation as a supporter there's only so much you can't host a press conference there's nothing you can do the, the
2: best bit the best bit is like they had that like puzzle piece field at the start of the season and it's like Hey, guys, we're trying our best. We're like, this is just temporary till our new ki- new field comes. It's going to be amazing. And then the new field comes, and you're like, oh, you were waiting for this? This is it? This is the thing that you were waiting for? Yeah,
0: it looks like the field looks like the Steve from Blue's Clues shirt. <laughs> That's a pretty good show. Oh, man, how good is it? that
2: new video from Steve as well? Man, that yeah. that, that that made me tear up, that video.
0: He's, Steve from Blue's guy. Clues lived in my house I have a brother who's autistic and Downs and so he would play things for like two to three years he would watch the same like two episodes right he'd obsess over it so it's like I feel like I've lived yeah. with Steve from yeah, Blue's Steve's Blue's is. a what a great a guy a decent amount of my life yeah it just he, just the kindness in those yeah. eyes but he does the man I hope I hope we show Oakland kindness in the stands. We're going to have our president there. Uh, Steve will be up there as well Uh, as a few other locals. I know that
2: Weston is going up there as well. Weston, yeah.
0: And and he's going as a supporter, so shout out Weston. But it's it's going to be really fun to see a little bit of that. And they're a great club off the field as well and, and have a very good idea of who they are and what they want to be in the community. And... Everybody's very excited to see them come into the league, so I, I am yeah. excited to see us play them and maybe have a really good game both ways and, and hopefully come out on top and take the points. But, um, yeah, it would be, it'd be good to come in and be pirates uh, in Oakland and, and raid uh, the roots. Um, no pun intended, Oakland. Um, but <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Roots. Raiders of the Lost Roots. They were lost because they didn't have a good season yeah. and they came back. Just don't look at the light don't look at the, and don't look at the field similar yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but we have to watch the game so we have to look but it's uh it's one of the things where it, the oddities of this sport that you'll explain to somebody in like 30 years where you're like yeah the fields just weren't up to snuff and they're mm-hmm. like but the money and you're like no there wasn't enough money and people yeah cared enough to where we would incessantly think and podcast about it but Nobody would actually put the grass correctly yep. into the fan. It's like, you know, and it, it, it's just one of those funny things where the ambition of what we're trying to all do, I think, is outweighed by uh, the spirit and the the forward thinking of a lot of us. I think all of us see where this is in 20 years, yeah. and so it is, it is funny now to us because I think we know we'll be in a better place in 10 years, and we've come so far in the last 10 years for these different parts of soccer that we can josh about it a bit, but um I'm, I'm looking forward to this one we will have a watch party yes for this more importantly uh, an hour or so into the podcast in star, everybody, this is going to be something we've all talked about for a while when we first announced uh we were doing a supporters group and then we sold our scarves the second time we were selling our scarves was at stone liberty station for the kid reveal yeah that's the first time i ever heard about loyal and we sold a ton of scarves um, it was great. It was fantastic. We actually couldn't sell because we had uh, like a cellular block out. Too many people in the same area <laughs> eating up the sell signal. <laughs> we had to only take cash for a while. Like that's how packed and fun it was pre-COVID. Um, we haven't been able to go back. Part of that is the terrible, you know, rampant, uh, pervasive thing that ruled our lives. The other part of this has been uh, mainly just weirdness on Stone's part, even though they're the kit sponsor and the team sponsor. Um, in their restaurant, for whatever reason. It doesn't set up well, oh, Tony had it up, now he said, yeah, there we go. The uh, Beat Oakland Watch Party at Celebrity Liberty Station. They haven't, for whatever reason, wanted to have us do a watch party there, uh, either as the locals or as loyal. Um, they're not a big TV or sports bar focused place, so that makes sense, and they do usually charge a lot for their event rooms and have weddings and you know all sorts of different things going on, especially on weekend day, so it's really nice that it worked out. They're going to give a, their large banquet hall for all of us to come watch the game. Hopefully buy lots of stone beer right while we're hanging out and, and, and drinking. But we're going to have a lot of fun stuff for you as the locals just as well in terms of a door prize. We're going to raffle off the 2020 Premium Doggies, uh, which is the Premier League uh, localized crests. I think Tony has a couple of them behind him there that you can see uh, on, the, uh, on the board there but you're gonna be able to buy the actual, or not buy, you're gonna be able to get, if you win the, the free drawing door prize raffle, the artist's set of those. You can't buy them. You actually can't buy them. They're sold out. If you had bought them, like myself, Nick, did you buy the stickers? Ah, uh, no. Oh man, was not Nick, here. you could win the stickers. Travis, help me out. Hey. <laughs> You get an artist's, it's the artist pack. So it's straight from Travis's private collection uh, that he's offering these for as a door prize. So if you show up, you have a chance to win those. There's Tony with his, yeah, very proudly. And they are, they're just beautiful stickers.
2: They're well-made stickers. Travis, you need to do a Bundesliga next.
0: Yeah. I will and
2: buy two if you do a Bundesliga. The, the way
0: to fund Travis's work is to pay him directly. Um, by the way, I found that's the most effective. Um, right into his wallet, but if you if you want to win his, some of his previous work, shoved to stone. It costs you nothing just to show up, but obviously support the business and support what we're doing. Yeah, we'll also have t-shirts, the silly pints, um, you know, any wow. patches if you haven't gotten those yet. Those are pretty cool, um, and and anything else from our our merch tent that usually is at the parking lot will be kind of a, a mini version, but we'll have that at the. Viewing party. So it's the large banquet hall at Stone Liberty Station. Match starts at seven Saturday. This Saturday, and we are the we are looking for anybody to not bring drones. That was the one thing that was asked of me. I said that doesn't make any sense because what? it's indoors. But uh, don't bring drones, guys. Yeah, or dr- those- I think I think they might have said drums, and <laughs> maybe it was a little bit muffled. Uh, but drums is also not a great idea because we'll be indoors. Yeah, so. I think not only will the restaurant uh, ask us to stop, but probably the other patrons just because unfortunately when you're in tours like that, it's not as fun of an experience even though we love doing it outdoors when we can.
2: It's a Uh, Saturday
0: and that's like the main revenue for a lot of restaurants. (laughs) Yeah. And and we'll be (laughs) chanting and they will hear us all through the restaurant I'm sure anyways. I'm not very worried about that and uh, it is 150 people max. Um, for you know protocols as well as the space get in, it's big space it is ventilated well it's pretty open they will have a lot of kind of air you know flowing as well as they can so not a lot of worries about that just in terms of the number of people so yeah as nick said get there early and make sure if you do want to come you know 6ish uh, you're probably safe you're getting closer to 7ish hopefully there's still a spot for you we just don't know so yeah, that's that's where you just never know
2: if you buy me a beer i'll give you a more uh, detailed new zealand history Nick. Nick edited edition, if you want
0: the Nick the Nick edition. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Nick
0: minute. We're By talking Nick I'll tell Hillen you all history. about how much of a dick Captain Cook was. Oh, Captain Cook! And I, <laughs> what a what a dickhead. He he was the the gallant. Or the you, goofy. Oh, he was the goofus Fun of, fact: uh, Do you
2: know the name of the person who first spotted New Zealand from Captain Cook's crew? His name was Young Nick. It was the young kid. called His name was Nick. And there's a place in New Zealand called Young Nick's Head, and that's the first place in New Zealand that was spotted from Captain Cook's crew.
0: Fun that's, fact. It's pretty impressive. And I would say, do you uh, do you want to use these facts in order to illuminate our own understanding of New Zealand, or is it also to, to show off your ability to read, road, memorize your entire history a of, of multiple islands? A bit of both. Okay. I just serious. like to talk shit, so. I think it's impressive, but it's, <laughs> it's just mostly my own appreciation of different people's cultures from around the globe, and I do think Nick reciting New Zealand history is very fun as we come to find on this podcast as a hit feature of the show, so I always will make time for it, <laughs> and we're all, yeah, we, we can make uh, F Captain Cook t-shirts, Jason, soon, <laughs> with bum flipping the paw to uh, Captain Cook, Um, and and anyone who would destroy civilizations that should be allowed to flourish on their own. Um, And generally, we would love to have you uh, at this event. One of the other events we're looking at is a September 18th members meeting. Uh, One of those, it will be possibly online. Uh, We're looking at trying to do it outdoor at, at specifically Bay City is the one place we've talked about just as people are listening to this, and we will see if we can pull that off. It just seems to be that we don't want to take up a space that maybe they can get revenue out of that isn't us or where they might want to charge, um, you know, for somebody who would want to pay for that. So um, we'll see. It's, it's just a question of that we also might have it in a park. There's, there's a lot of things being talked about. Either way, we want to make sure your voices are heard while the season's still going on. And then we have kind of a forum for people to ask questions and find out more information that will be happening around that date, if not on that date. The other thing we would do then if we kind of uh, do that kind of meeting would be looking at the end of the season to do something a little more in person. Part of the problem with during the season is trying to find a date where there's not a match or an away match, and it's kind of around a weekend or not on a date where there's already a ton of stuff going on for people. It seems to be somewhat impossible (laughs) to do that. Uh, And that's where, again, we don't want to go by another month or two without hearing from you, so we'll find a way to do this however it looks. Just keep that date on your calendar, September 18th, We'll see where we work it out. Guys, I think we've reached the end of this uh, always extended— we always say an hour, but it's always a little bit over yeah, an right. hour in terms yeah, of past where we end up. But, um, yeah, I, I did promise a jersey update, so I'll give that, and then we'll close out the show um, and do a little post-show where yeah, maybe
2: post-show. Tony,
0: Tony's going to regale us a little bit about what life looks like for our other San Diego club, 1904— uh, as he's got to attend a couple of those matches in person while Chivo was doing double duty with us because they schedule at the same times. Uh, we would love to actually Smart. support them, I think, as the locals. And if you are a local and you do live near Canyon Crest and for some reason you want to split your, your weekends between the two different clubs, um, you know, I have more power to you and I would love to see you supporting both. So we'd love to hear a little bit from Tony on that. But in terms of the kits they are definitely coming before the end of September. So you're gonna have them in your hands, regardless of shipping or delivery by the end of September. The question is, is that sooner or later, we'll have a lot more information, I think, by Friday of this next week. So not tomorrow Friday, but the following Friday, I think we'll know a little bit more about zeroing in on whether that pickup date or that shipping date to you from us will be fulfilled because we're still waiting to get them in our hands. And so until we have them physically in our hands, uh, we really always can't say, but uh, at this point, it's looking good in terms of sooner rather than later-ish. Um, but again, it's going to be definitely before the end of September, which is a great thing. It's just a question of whether that's September 22nd or like September like 17th, which is like five days, but it feels really emotionally different, right? Yeah. Like the Sorry. 22nd versus the 17th is like the middle of the month. 22nd is like might as well yeah. be the 30th. Sorry, Taylor, right? so like, you're
2: not getting your one.
0: Yeah, Taylor is not Taylor's not getting his at all. He's going to be on travel. You're, you're going to have to wait three years to get it because it's going to. Yeah. If you're not there on the eighteenth, you're not getting it, mate. No, it's it's fine. So yeah, it's <laughs> we'll we'll have them obviously available as soon as we can uh, after we receive them at our next you know public gathering and our public availability. But that is essentially the loyal locals podcast for tonight in terms of content in terms of what we can say and want to say and man did we uh, go through what it was a beautiful game and i'm really glad i hung out with you guys today. yeah this is a lot really of fun. fun
1: i love it yeah there's nothing i'd rather be doing right now because oh. i do have homework to do but i'd much rather be doing this Fair yeah, I understand that. Again, Tony,
0: I I love it, man. Thank you for joining us, and thanks, Nick, for having me, hey, you're welcome. giving me internet to provide this. Yeah, this don't little worry, show. I've been charging you by the minutes. So. Oh, oh, Nick Minute, the bill <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> oh no! Well, for for Drew Steck and uh, Nick Minute, Nick Minute, Nick Minute, Nick Duffy. Thank you so much, Tony. Any final thoughts? Uh, that was a uh, very princely wave. He gave that, that for was the, I, for the listeners
1: yeah for all the all the listeners this that was a very princely wave um no i mean thank you for having me on inside i well, mean it's uh it's, it's always fun uh, huge shoes to try to fill in um but you know it's all good some sideshow bob size shoes um but it's all good i don't
2: know how big, I don't know how big it was
1: shoes a, feet actually are He's got big feet. (laughs) Little dude, big feet. Huge, like monstrous, like, whoa. Yeah. Big shoes, big socks. Yeah, but no, thank you for having me on and uh, thanks for the people (laughs) that have been listening and uh, sticking with us right now. Appreciate that, that was pretty fun.
0: No, yeah, thanks man. And thanks to to Steve and Jerry for providing the space obviously, but at the same time again, as we said, when Jerry uh, unfortunately can't do it every week as much and and Mm. Steve and myself as well, What we always love is having different voices. So, again, as a member, as whoever, this is how you get involved. You keep talking to us. You keep asking for stuff. And eventually end up on the show. And you you can make jokes and talk about the history of the country that you're from. (laughs) Or or whatever you want to do. But thank you, everybody, for listening this far. Uh, We love you. And we will talk to you soon. We love you. We love you. We
1: love you.